welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzee. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So NetHealth has NetHealth's digital marketing solutions. So when it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, this tool has everything you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth is a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. You can also go to the show notes and click on the link for NetHealth's digital marketing solutions. I can tell you I'm using them. I just started. They are very thorough. There's a huge team behind you, and I definitely feel a lot more confident having them on my side. Can't wait to get started with them. Now, today's, well, before we get to today's episode, another quick announcement. If you are wanting to get on a TEDx stage, you're dying to do a TEDx talk, you see people do it and you think, man, I can do that too. Well, this Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have the guests from this month's episodes, Trisha Brooke, Kaya Rain, and today's guest, Kate McKinnon, three experts, one TEDx coach, two amazing TEDx speakers talking about their experience, giving you tips on how to create your talk, how to stay calm in the red circle, how to apply, where to apply, all the ins and outs. So if you want to get on a TEDx TEDx stage, I implore you to sign up for our roundtable talk this Wednesday, uh, March, or March, May 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you can't make it live, don't worry. You will get to watch the replay. You will still get to ask questions through Slido. So if you have specific questions, we will ask them and they will get answered. You can sign up if you go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and click on the tab that says Roundtables. All right, on to today's episode. This episode, we have Kate McKinnon. And I know what you're thinking, oh my goodness, Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live? Not quite, but still as impressive, and we talk about how she gets uh, really great seats at restaurants because of that. But this Kate McKinnon is amazing. She's a feng shui expert, a TEDx speaker, a mentor, and is a certified feng shui practitioner consulting for businesses and individuals for over 20 years, both locally and globally. Before becoming a feng shui expert, Kate had a management technology consulting company and was vice president for J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. She taught the first online feng shui course for the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and a workshop for the Hospital for Special Surgery and Global Real Estate Women's Group at J.P. Morgan Chase. She has also written articles on feng shui and has been a guest and interviewed by thought leaders on speaking, Life Transitions, and Women Empowerment. Her mission is to use Feng Shui's power to illuminate and inspire women to step into their power and greatness and live a life of beauty, grace, dignity, and abundance. 
and her TEDx talk, which is amazing. Uh, it's on women, aging, and visibility, and you can find that at TED.com. We will also have a link to it in the show notes. So today, we talk about overcoming roadblocks in the application process, how to prepare your presentation for the event, how she decided on the topic of her TEDx talk, and what does it feel like to share an idea worth spreading. So a huge thanks to Kate and to all our guests this month on how to land that TEDx talk. Be sure to join us this Wednesday, May 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to find out how you can get on to the TEDx stage. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. I am happy to have you on. Thank you, Karen. I'm so excited to be on with you. And just so the listeners know, as you probably heard in the intro, said my guest today is Kate McKinnon, which it is. And so how often are you getting mistaken for the famous comedian Kate McKinnon, also in the New York area? I know all the time. I, I, I uh, just a quick funny story because the first time it happened to me when she was just becoming popular was I made a dinner reservation at the Odeon. And when I showed up, somebody said, are you Kate McKinnon? And I said, yes. The star Kate McKinnon? I said, yes. And then he realized I was not her. And I said, well, I am in my own mind. You know? <laughs> That's great. And so it's funny. And then my husband said, I'm going to start making dinner reservations in Kate McKinnon's name. But the, but the thing is, she actually spells her name M-C-K-I-N-N-O-N, and I spell it M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O. So she's ruined the spelling of my name, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm delighted can... to be the Kate McKinnon, uh, not the comedian. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, you can probably get a table anywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. And when you show up, you're not lying. I I think it's great. And now, but you are a star because you are on the TEDx stage. And this month we are talking all about TEDx talks and how to get onto that stage. So like I said in the, in your bio that you were on TEDx Farmingdale stage in 2020. So talk about your experience. What was it like? Oh my God. Can I tell you a little history to it? I mean, it's, it's an, an amazing experience. It really is because I, um, I've been wanting to do TEDx for a while, but to be honest with you, I was not born a speaker and, and we met, we actually met with Trisha Brooke at her speaker salon in 2018, the spring, I think it was 2018. And that was the first time I'd ever spoken on a stage in my life. And it, honestly, it was one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. I thought I was going to die. And uh, it was the first time I'd done a talk that was even remotely like a TEDx. And um, what I did love was the power of being able to get up and be an authentic speaker and have a message that resonated for people. And and I just wanna share that quick story because I I talked about um, uh, my two greatest losses being my two greatest gifts. And I lost my my hearing in my left ear at one and a half for meningitis. And then I lost my mother at four. And I talk about that and I couldn't even put it online for a long time, but I finally did. I went to Spain, I was at a tapas party in the mountains of Spain and somebody came up to me and they said, I heard your talk, I'm deaf too. And they wanted to talk to me about it. And what I learned then was it doesn't really matter. You could speak to a hundred, you could speak to a million people, but we're really, we're really trying to get to that person that that touches. And, And if it's only one, 
we've made a difference in somebody's life. And so that just gave me the bug. And so I then did, Tricia did another speaker salon uh, in the spring of 2019. And then it wasn't, and so I did another talk. And then finally, the third talk uh, in the fall of 2019, I, uh, I was gonna do at the speaker salon a talk about my business feng shui, but Trisha had this masterclass on doing a TEDx talk. So I took it and it was during that where we went through the process of how do you actually create an application? So it starts with the whole process of, of an idea worth spreading. It's not like having an issue or problem. It's like you're creating an idea that's worth spreading. And you know we go through a whole exercise and she gives us questions that we answer to just kind of dig deeper to those things that are important to us that we feel like we wanna talk about. And in the process of going through the class, um, we, uh, I don't know, at one point I somehow got talking about women and, and how mentoring women and the importance of me, of women. And, you know, there was, there was sort of this topic around there and somehow it got shaped where uh, it was about me uh, turning, you know, at that point it was, I was 60, I think 62 or 63 and somehow got shaped around uh, what it means to be a woman aging in this society. Oh, and I know that was really the key. We were doing it with a TEDx in mind. So there was a TEDx on women. And so the topic became about, I'm sorry, that's right. That's like, we're talking about that and sort of digging deeper into that. And that just really resonated. And so there's the, the idea where it's spreading, which uh, ended up being for me, uh, that society deems women invisible after a certain age. And this is something we can change now and forever. So our younger sisters never feel their light go out, which still makes, still gives me chills. I mean, it just really still came so deep from with me. And then the next question is uh, when you're doing the application, why are you the person to give this talk? And I was like, I don't know. And Trisha was really funny. She goes, can I answer that question for you? I said, sure. She goes, because you've been doing this your entire life. So that, that it wasn't just like an intellectual thing. It was a thing that had been important to me for a long time, but I didn't really know it. But once these ideas come up and they come out, they sort of take on a life of their own. They really do. And so um, in that, that speaker salon, I had a chance to actually work on my talk in a uh, workshop um, environment. So as you know, with the speaker salon, we have other speakers. So you get up on stage and you get to practice, you get to write, you get feedback and stuff like that. And it just, I could see from my fellow uh, speakers that it was really resonating with them. So that was really powerful. Like I felt like there's something here that I really have to talk about. And so that idea then, you know, grew and grew and grew. And actually I had an opportunity to present it uh, that for that particular TEDx women's um, uh, talk. And I went there and the environment wasn't, wasn't right for me. I felt totally out of alignment. I didn't get support. It was like, I'd been with Trisha, we were so well taken care of. And you know, you just show up, dressed up, made up, get on stage, you, tech is taken care of. And it just wasn't that kind of event. And I felt like my talk deserved an event to really showcase it. So I actually had the talk a year before. So in December, 2019, it was ready to go. And that was really hard to walk away from. But by the time I did it for TEDx Farming Tale, it was just, it was in me. It was part of me. Um, I probably can still do it with a little practice. It just came from me. So 
to me, that's a really powerful thing to say about doing TEDx talks. It's, it's an idea, but it's like you end up, it's like it comes out of you, you speak it. And then as you're speaking, you learn to embody it. Like you, it's, it's a really interesting, like you talk it, but then it becomes part of you. So when you're actually presenting it, for me, it was a full body uh, experience. That's like, amazing. It, it just felt like it came from me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good. And, and don't worry, everyone, we've got the link to it in the in the show notes here. So you'll be able to watch uh, her talk. Um, but I love I just want to circle back to something uh, that you said when you were filling out the application. Why should you be the one to do this? And you said, I don't know. How'd Trisha take that one? She does not like the I don't know. Answer. Uh, she, she does it. Well, that well, and that's what's so funny, because she goes, she goes, well, I do. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> she knows me. She knows me well enough to say that. But it was it was funny. She was like right on it. She was right on it. And uh, and I help. think a lot of people might hit that. That roadblock in the application process. I don't know. Why should I do this? Like, you know, those that imposter syndrome creeps in. And why should you be the person to give this talk? That's a really hard question to answer. So what advice do you have for people if they're filling out an application and they get stuck, they hit a roadblock? Yeah. You know, I'll tell you something. I um, am a big believer. I get, I always get help. I, you know, I have a community of people that I can ask things and run things by. And I think it's really important for something like this because you want to get a sense of, does it land? Does it resonate? Or like people even knowing what you're talking about? Do you know what I mean? I just, that that has been my experience that I think it's really been important for me uh, to be able to run it past people. And, and in this case, um, because I was in that masterclass setting, the other thing I was gonna say was really, there was an interesting part of that because as I was working on the idea and that's part of it, it's like sort of, it's like we're responding, but we're working on the idea that uh, somebody said to me, I got up and I, I don't quite remember how I said it, but uh, at one point, one of the women said to me, uh, someone we both know, she said to me, why would I like, you know, cause I look pretty good for my age, right? Like I'll say amazing. That yeah. Yeah. I look. And so a lot of people don't realize how old I am. And it's just, it's just sort of, you know, I always say to my father, he looked, he looked young until he turned 70. So I have a few more years left. But, um, and so she said, why would women, why would women believe or trust you if they, you look like you do? And I said, but it's not an outside thing. It's an inside thing. But that question was so important, right. To get that kind of response. And I think, you know, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, for me, you know, of course, since I've done it, but like even doing it where it resonates for men, like there was something about it. It was, it was more than just being a woman, even though the conversation was about being a woman. And I got that from testing it out, right? And talking about it um, as I was writing it, that it needed to resonate beyond like, yeah, why would I listen to her? Because she looks great. What does she really know about? It's like, my story tells how I know deeply about what that experience is. And I think that's that, that one question stayed with me the whole time. It's like, it's gotta be beyond like just looking at me and saying, oh yeah, like, you know, um, cause that's not really what it, it's about our inside light. And, and it's interesting since I've done the talk um, and lots of 
people have talked to me about it. Men, women, men have talked about how it's affected them. Men have talked to me about how they, they want their wives to listen. You know, gay men have talked to me. I mean, like, it's really kind of across the board. Um, but there was uh, uh, one woman, I was somewhere, and she came up to me and she was, um, you know, like a 32 year old Afro-American woman. And she goes, I identify. She goes, I've been feeling that. She said, not only because, you know, of my race, but also because as a woman that I feel like I don't get taken seriously and I'm invisible. And I thought, wow. And I I said to her, this is why I'm doing the talk because I like it so that you, you women your age never have this experience ever. Yeah, And, you know, we're in a society that values youth, that values youthful looks, that values, you know, the up and comers, the ingenues, the et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so, you know, when you it's it's surprising to hear someone in their 30s say that. But I I mean, I'm in my 40s and I know I feel that way. Yeah, well, it, it's it's also interesting, you know, it's like the you know, what they say, like, you know, you see it, you're, you see a yellow VW car, you know, Volkswagen car, and then, then you only see them, right? Like, it's like, once I started writing about this talk, and then reading uh, books, uh, and it just happened, right? Like, it seemed, but it was very synchronistic. How many in the books, like women over 50, writing stories about when they turn 50, when, you know, people in, um, you know, broadcasting, people uh, consulting, people, you know, high level executive women, it was really, it, I suddenly saw it everywhere. I said, wow, I didn't even realize that this is just in the water of the conversation. Like we don't even know it's existing. So when I started talking about it, it's been out there, but I think people heard it in a new way. And, and my conversation, I actually just had this happen the other day, a woman I haven't, and a beautiful, beautiful young woman who I haven't seen for years. I met her at a workshop up in Syracuse. I met her mom and she's been, you know, we've been sort of tracking each other on social media all these years. And then she reached out to me because she wanted to do an interview on feng shui. And she told me she'd heard my talk. And she said, and she started quoting it. But the thing that she said that really struck me is um, what I had said, but she really mirrored back was that we get better as we age. That's the thing. And that's the thing that we really need to get. And so my talk is looking at the heroes, not looking at the women behind me, but looking at the women who are out there. I start with an homage, if you will, to, you know, by the time I did it in, in, um, Farmingdale, Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the first woman I mentioned. Queen Elizabeth, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin, like people yeah. Are like, in, like they're in their 80s and 90s and they are living full out lives. That's the message. We, we don't need to stop at our 50s. And if we're turning our light on and we're excited about what we're doing and we're out there, you know, um, we, we're alive and that is what people see. That's the beauty. I mean, to me, that's really the beauty. It's like we're living, we're living our life. And I, you know, I talk about Jane Fonda. She had a movie, um, you know, five act, Jane Fonda and five acts. Like she's still out there. <laughs> you know, it's like she continues to be out there. Um, and she's now, you know, climate change and you know, getting arrested for you know protesting and stuff like that. I love her. I love her. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I I want. That's where I want to be looking. That's what I want to be looking at. Yeah. And it reminds me too of like Joan Rivers, who is at her prime when she was 81. 
She had four TV shows, a best-selling line on QVC all over the place. I mean, this is a woman who didn't stop. Talk about always looking forward, right? Right. Definitely one of those women. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, your TEDx talk was a talk and an idea worth spreading, touch people's lives 100%. What Do you have any other tricks or tips for the listeners about applying for your talk? And then, so you gave one, have people around you to bounce ideas off of. I want to circle back because I want to know if you have any others. And then we'll talk about the prep, the preparation. So Mm. any other tips or tricks? Um, I, I would say, so I, I honestly, um, I'm not here to promote anybody, but I would say it helped to have a coach. Um, it really helped to have somebody knowledgeable because I'll tell you what I did learn from her is you kind of, you want to vet, there are a lot of TEDx, uh, talks out there and you, you want to vet them. You want to find one that is going to be, you know, preferably find out about who's producing it because they're independent and they have guidelines and they should be following them. Um, but sometimes a first time producer may or may not be prepared, right. Fully prepared to really give the, the, the kind of uh, support you need. And that was my experience. It was just, I was, I was spoiled by the kind of support I've been getting, but I saw that I needed to not worry about anything other than getting myself on stage and speaking and letting everything else be taken care of. So you want to vet. And, um, and that's again, through a coach, I have somebody who who's experienced, she's placed other TEDx, she's helped that place, but helped other people get on the TEDx stage. So that, that, that certainly for me was true. Um, and, uh, you know, now really getting on, you can, I, now we have club, you know, clubhouse people, you know, clubhouse event with people talking about TEDx and, you know, being able to do that 90 minute pitch and stuff like that. And people talking about as a topic. And, you know, for me, it was gathering information about it, sort of understanding really what it was, watching them, watching them, uh, learning, you know, seeing what worked, what didn't work. And, um, you know, certainly that's a big part of it. And if you know people, I had somebody reach out to me on LinkedIn because she was going to do TEDx because she wanted to just talk to me to find out more about it. I think it's, it's one of those things where you, there are ways you can find people to find out. Um, one of the things that, you know, Trisha will recommend, like, don't bother the TEDx producers, right? If you're like going to apply, you're going to apply. They're not the ones to ask these questions of. They're really not. They're like... So you need to find that information elsewhere, but there's enough, there's like, oh, and then that's the other, the, Chris Anderson who started um, TED.com is also, he has a good book out on, that. there's a number of books out on it. I mean, it really kind of guides to help you think the process through, think about what you're really talking about. What's the difference between a TEDx talk and doing a keynote for instance, or, you know, a lot of people, yeah, I, I did, um, you know, I worked in corporate America for a long time and I did a lot of, de- you know, um, PowerPoint, you know, presentation and not the same, right? Like really kind of begin to understand really what it is that distinguishes it from other kinds of talks. So those are some of my thoughts just off the top of my head. That's honest. amazing. I love, I would have never thought to like reach out to past TEDx speakers. That's such a great tip, such a great yeah. tip. All right, so yeah. let's talk about preparing for the talk. So you just don't 
say, oh, I'll practice it a couple of times and voila, I'm up on stage. So talk about your preparation. And with that, we'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back with Kate's answer. When it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth has a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. Yes. Yeah, so um, when I, and, and, and again, I had a little bit of a jump start because I was in and working on another talk and then I ended up practicing my talk in the speaker salon. Um, but it, it's a, it takes time. I, you know, I think there maybe some, somebody's a better speaker than I am, but like if you were to apply and it was three weeks from now, and by the way, TEDx normally doesn't work that way, apply, and then it's several months out, but you really need time to write the talk if you haven't written it, um, to practice it. Uh, memorization is a whole process. It was, by the way, this is one of the things about getting older. I was afraid I was not going to be able to memorize a talk longer than three minutes. And my talk was, you know, like, <laughs> I think nine minutes and I've done 18 minutes, but learning the technique of uh, memorization, um, because they are memorized talk and, and you don't, necessarily have a teleprompter is a whole process of like, how do you memorize? So you've written the talk, now you just need to memorize it. And um, so that's a really important part. And part of the memorization, again, I've, I've had a lot of coaching from Trisha where, uh, you know, ways of memorizing how to break the script down, sort of, you know, learning a little bit at a time, learning a little bit at a time, and then starting to put it all together. But part of that practicing is, you know, for me, practicing at least three times a day at least three times a day. And ultimately, you don't want to just be practicing in front of your cat, you're going to want to practice in front of other people. But uh, part of that practice was I'd go out walking, and I would practice the talk, I'd be driving, I practice the talk. I mean, really, I have to, for me, I had to get to the point where it was so it, it wasn't just up in my head, it, it kind of has, I don't know how to describe this I had to drop from my head into my body. Right. And also part of that was to choreograph it. So, you know, like sometimes people have a way of rocking and, you know, they walk around the stage. You have a little, as far as I know, for TEDx, there's, you have your red circle, which can be a small rug or a big rug. But I think you're not supposed to go off the rug. I've seen some TED.coms where they do, it's a different staging, but the idea is you kind of are in a small space. So you have to practice being able to really stand fairly still or like move a little bit, but when you're moving, not just because you're rocking, but we actually, I actually choreographed what I was doing and I do it like a performance, to be honest with you. And so uh, I got help with that performance and I got, had, you know, somebody I trusted and, and, you know, ultimately Trisha, you know, have somebody see me perform, tell me how to move, you know, maybe I should say it this way. And um, so it was a, for me, it was, I, I had the opportunity to my, prepare my 
uh, TEDx talk over three months for the one, uh, the one in December of 2019. Then I actually performed it again for uh, Speakers Who Dare, another Trisha, right after the pandemic. And I had to learn how to do it into a video looking at myself. That's a whole other technique. And then finally, actually on a stage um, for TEDx Farmingdale, which was not, it was um, live stream, but it was, I did not have a lot live audience. And so each thing, each time was something different. So there's a preparation for what you think it's going to be. And then you show up and you have the experience. So it, it's practice, 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 practicing in front of people. And the other thing we learned is, you know, and then if you're going to practice in front of people two weeks before the talk, don't ask them, you know, you can say, I want to practice, um, but don't ask don't have them like start ripping your talk apart. Like at a certain point, you, you have to have a few trusted people where they're gonna give you good feedback, but it's not about redoing the talk. Cause at a certain point, that's the talk, right? It's very interesting. It's a very, uh, it, it's, a, it's a lengthy process. I hope, I hope that answers it. It's like, uh, you know. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I just, I, I love that you're giving the listeners the, insight into these talks like hey like this takes time this is months of preparation this is months of memorization there are techniques to it you know you can memorize one sentence and memorize a sentence add another sentence add another till you have a paragraph right it's not like you're just going up there trying to memorize a nine minute talk right off the bat because that's so daunting and i i want the listeners to know that you do have time before these talks, that it's not like you apply and they say, okay, see you in a week. Right. Right. Yeah. No, they want to make sure you're ready too. Yeah. But the, one of the things about the application I forgot to say is very often they ask for a video. And so you do like a one to two minute video of yourself. Um, partly because they want to see who you are, how you speak in a sense. So it's not like if they select you, you, they've just sort of seen your application and that's it. And so that's always interesting because, you know, that was then writing a piece of my talk, not, it was a way of giving, giving the essence of my talk. Actually, what I did was I wrote something that was the essence of the talk without like doing the talk, right? But giving them an opportunity to see me on camera, to get a sense of how I am as a speaker uh, is really important. And that is always a challenge, right? Like I still, I've been doing this for a while and I say this so people understand, like, you know, have, have a little hope because if I can do it, honestly, if I can do it, other people can do it because it, it was an area that I wanted to do, but it was a challenge for me. And I had to learn to do everything, everything. It was always learning something new, something new. And again, I could say at my age, you know, it was tough, but that's not really what it was. It was just, I hadn't learned how to do it before. Right. Yes. Yeah, so don't, don't, don't get too overwhelmed by it because you can learn. You can learn. And that's really the point. You really can learn. But I, you know, I, I say this with all, um, all respect to, uh, anyone who wants to try this, if there's a way that they can find, you know, if you, they uh, can find someone to help them with this. For me, uh, I'm one of those people, I've done many things in my life. I like to have somebody help guide me because it does seem so daunting. And so the other way it just feels like, okay, I'm shooting in the dark. I'm not sure. Cause 
you may never hear from the uh, people that you've applied to, right? So you have no idea why they didn't accept you. And so it's helpful to get some feedback and guidance from somebody who, who has some experience or expertise in this area. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we have coaches, like if you want to get better at tennis, you hire a tennis coach. If you want to get better at golfing, you hire a golf coach. You know, it's the same thing. You want to get better at speaking, you hire a coach that right. can teach you how to be a good public speaker, which is why I joined this speaker salon way back when, why you did. And, and here we are, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Now, is there anything that we glossed over or any other points that you want to make about your experience on the TEDx stage? I have to say, if someone really wants to do it, I think that's half the battle. You really want to do it. You really, really, there's something for me. It wasn't just like I did it halfway and said, oh, this is too hard. There was something in me that felt like I had something I needed to say. Mm. That, 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 and, and that really is, it's something, it became something bigger than me. It wasn't just getting up and doing a talk. It had to be something for me to keep going, had to be something bigger that I felt like there was an important message that I needed to say. And I think that's part of it. That that is part of what had me do it, and then go to a stage and say this this just wasn't the environment. Like from a feng shui perspective, let alone like just that for me wasn't in alignment with what my talk was about. And I would rather not do it just to say I did it. I, th there was a the, there was a challenge in that for me, but ultimately I said it wasn't about saying it just to say it and get it done. This was an important message, and I wanted to be on the stage that I can convey it to where I felt like it could get out. And so that desire that there's a bigger message, and that desire for me of if like that person in Spain, if there's one person out there that I can touch and make a difference, there's that ripple effect. So it's, it's, it's something that's bigger than us ultimately. And I think that's the important thing. And even like starting with, you know, that idea, I don't know, why am I the one to say it? Like, we don't even know sometimes, but the more I worked on it, the more I realized it was something that had been waiting for me to say for a long time. I just didn't know it. And so it grew and I grew and um, there was something so beautiful for me when I finally got on that stage, I really, it really was, I was prepared. I was more than prepared, made up, dressed up, uh, beautiful stage, great support. And, um, and I, I have to say it, there was one moment where I was moved by my talk, right? You know, that's the other thing you don't, if you have emotions, but when you're doing your talk, you don't want other people to take care of you. Like they'll just fall apart on the stage. It's really like, you want them to have the experience. It's like, you're giving them a gift and you want them to have the experience. But there was a moment, my husband even saw it where my eyes started watering up. I was so moved by what I was saying. It's like, every time I said it, it was new to me. It was new to me. That's the kind of talk I think that we're looking for something that is so deeply uh, important and satisfying and feel like I am the one to say the talk that, that, that is the thing that kept me going with all the challenges and all the new things to say, I wanted to get there. And when I did it and walked off the circle, um, 
is one of the most satisfying things. I, it really is a peak experience in my life. I've had a few yeah. of them. It's really, it's, it's probably at this point in my life feels like my greatest achievement, to be honest with you. Aww. So I yeah. feel very, very strongly about it. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And now Kate, where can people find you? Like I said, we will have the talk in the show notes for the, for this episode, but where can people find you if they want to do a Ted talk and they want to reach out to you for some advice and just where people can find you on a, on the regular. Regular. Okay. Um, I would say probably uh, my, I, I am on LinkedIn, Kate McKinnon spelled M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N. That's probably, you know, that's certainly a good place to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram, uh, Feng Shui Kate at Feng Shui Kate and uh, Facebook, I'm Kate McKinnon. Um, But I also have a website uh, at kate-mckinnon.com, M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O.com, M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N.com. and, you know, a place where you can send me an email that way as well. Awesome. So I, I'm reachable and, you know, all of those are, you know, I check everything. So please, Fabulous. please feel free. I would be happy to, you know, if people really want to talk with me about it, be my honor and pleasure, really. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And last question, knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, I love this question. I, I would say, and I've said this to young women before who kind of remind me of my younger self. Uh, Like I have an assistant working for me who's like 23 years old and I've had women like in their 18, 19, that I would say, you have everything you need to be successful right now. The only difference between me and you is experience. I love it. That's yeah. great advice. Yeah. Excellent advice. Thank you so much, Kate. This was a great talk. And I think the listeners now have a better idea of what it takes to get on that TEDx stage. And we will regroup with you and Kaya and Trisha for the TEDx roundtable, um, which I'm really excited about. So thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. Thanks you so much for asking me to be on. It's my honor and privilege. And, you know, to be able to talk about this, obviously I get really excited, but I, I really love sharing it with people. And I really hope that people really look to themselves to see where they might actually have that message that they want to do this. That would just mean the world to me. So, and I look forward to seeing you with Kaya and Trisha at the round table. Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. A big thank you to Kate for a great episode. And of course, thank you to NetHealth. NetHealth Digital Marketing Solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition, get found, get chosen, and get those five-star reviews right now. If you complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to learn more. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.